All right. So hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a super strong passion around emerging technologies, impact health. All of these things are related. We talk a lot about Web3. We talk a lot about AI lately. But most importantly, it's about origin stories and where people and thought leaders have come from, what they've been through, what they're passionate about today, and where they think the future is going. And along those lines, I'm really enthused and excited to have on the show today, Mr. Key, Karnika Yashwant. That goes by Mr. Key, and I'm not going to steal his thunder, though, but he's done some really, really great things in Web3. He has a lot of thoughts to share on Web3, but this is about him, his story. Mr. Key, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me here. Pretty excited to be here. Great to have you. I really appreciate you peeling off time to do this with me and just, just to jam out. Maybe you can tell us or just teleport us, teleport us back to where things started what got you into the space that you're in right now? What led to those steps? What inspired you growing up? Tell us about your origin. Okay. I think it was in my seventh grade, I got my computer for the first time. I was trying to see what's behind it, what's inside it. And I started coding, started programming languages, learning myself, because that's the only way I could actually see and understand it from inside out. And when I was completing my 10th grade, I got really bored of the schooling and uh, I got scholarship, but I said, that's a no deal. And I started my business when I was 14 years old. So that was the first time I entered the world of business. I come as a first generation entrepreneur, had to figure everything myself. And the world was not a good place for someone who was under 18 years starting their business. So I was running a tech company and moved soon towards the world of marketing and spent uh, five years in the marketing space ever since. And that's when I stumbled across Bitcoin in 2013. That was about 10 years ago. So when I found Bitcoin, the first thing that came to my mind is that the philosophies matched what blockchain stood for and what I personally believed in my life. They were completely in line. And I said, I shouldn't be doing anything else other than this. So I moved all my businesses to the world of blockchain and started functioning in this industry. Uh, back in those years, 2013 to 2017 was quite different in the world of uh, blockchain because even the word blockchain was not that famous. It was really Bitcoin and some of the Bitcoin clones and so on. So traveled in that direction, marketing various companies. In 2017, I was leading some of the crypto news media outlets and started incubating some, helped a lot of projects launched during the ICO times. Uh, raised over $550 million for them. And that set my trajectory within the Web3 space from a marketing side. 2018, I started operating a single family office fund. And uh, that was my journey on the investing side. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a beautiful journey of seeing all the trends emerge, all the new uh, nuances of the space come to life and businesses, individuals who are against it now being in support of the space, seeing all these ups and downs, learning from it every single day, every single time. Uh, I'm super thrilled for everything that 2024 and the future holds as well. No, that's great. That's great. I really appreciate your background and, what, and how you took us through that. I'm kind of curious on what you see different now from 2018 in the last kind of bull market and what latest trends in, in Bitcoin. Uh, but before I kind of ask those questions, I'm kind of curious, you know, because, you know, you, you, you and I see a lot of kids growing up right now and they have to kind of go through school and they have to do the traditional learning of like certain types of math and certain types of history. And you and I probably scratch our heads and like, oh, man, it'd be so awesome if these kids can learn the real deal. Right. But um, but uh, tell me a little bit about um, how you say like you were you were talking to kids about currency and Bitcoin and things like that. How would you explain Bitcoin? you know, maybe 
since 2014 and you know how would you talk to maybe a younger version of yourself in your teenage years about maybe even getting in earlier ways of thinking about currency ways of thinking about business kind of curious on like you know retrospect uh, how would you explain these factors and how would you how would you train kids to be a little bit different or thinking or maybe some exercise to think through um, you know, kids think in currency, obviously, as you know, most kids are on some sort of token system, right? So kind of curious on what, how you would, uh, how would, how would you coach a class, you know? I, I would say that blockchain is lesser of a currency, even lesser of a technology, but it is a philosophy first. Right. And it's a philosophy that instills the choice. I'm not saying I'm pro for decentralization or centralization. It is up to the user to choose the direction that they want to take. So the world is full of choices, but unfortunately in a centralized world, the choices are limited. It doesn't matter what you choose, you choose what they want you to choose. Right. It's almost right. like the card game or the trick game. So the choice is an, uh, is an appearance, but it doesn't exist. But what blockchain really brings is that ability for a user to choose the direction, the good, bad, ugly, the safe, in unsafe things, the comfort or the discomfort, whatever they want in the journey, they get to choose and they get to own the responsibility and the society right now is not you know in, in the human race itself is not in a place it should be because we were trained over the years to move the responsibility from our shoulders to someone else like a government or a centralized organization that's how we were trained that's how uh, we did a lot of things in our uh, years and even in our schools and etc did nothing uh, different but it was only bringing that more and more Right. So what blockchain really stands for is that ability not only to choose, but being accountable for ourselves. If you lose something, if you forget something, if you miss something, you are responsible. You cannot point the finger to someone else. It is not something that it's it's a value beyond uh, the culture. So that's how I see it. I wouldn't even get into the technicalities of what Bitcoin is. I wouldn't get into the nuances of the currency and uh, all those challenges because they are all great. They are all built on top of an ideology. If someone does not understand the ideology, they are not going to understand the technology. We will end up with more meme coins. We'll end up with more uh, monkey picture NFTs and uh, every bull cycle would be no different. And the moment someone understands that, uh, what we present here is a transfer of value, transfer of ownership, transfer of ideology from a traditional controlled world to a world of transparency, tran- uh, the world of uh, borderlessness, where everybody is actually truly equal. Equality does not come by just saying that in an, in a value system of a book. It comes when you can actually make it work, where anybody, a peasant from Nigeria and a farmer or an engineer who's just getting a first job from uh, India or, or someone from any part of the world, they all can access the same thing that millionaires and billionaires can access. And if everybody are on the same level playing field, then the world is going to be completely different. And that's what I believe blockchain brings to the table here. Right. Right. Tell me more. I'd love to hear about, you know, currently what you're working on and and what your philosophies are relative to business, marketing, currency, Bitcoin, crypto and beyond. Tell me what has you excited, you know, narratives that have you excited, initiatives that have you excited, maybe some of your work that you're working on that touches upon these points. I'd just love to hear more on those dimensions. Sure. I think there are two major things that I'm personally focused on. One is our accelerator key difference based in Dubai. And Mm -hmm. this accelerator 
Innovator's agenda is to focus on businesses that are having web2 fundamentals. Those are real, they have revenue clients contracts or they're able to sustain themselves beyond speculation that are leveraging the web3 infrastructure. So it's a web2 to web3 play, uh, but focusing on the founders who understand what it is they bring to the table. We don't want more companies which are going to come in the bull market, disappear in the bear market. We need companies that will stay there for five years and beyond, that is surviving, that is growing along with the space that's maturing and becoming better adding value so the accelerator has a fund attached to it the key difference capital and we support uh, businesses that are maturing through the uh, accelerator there and uh, this is our enabling side of the uh, focus but we have an infrastructure side which is forward protocol uh, which is doing exactly the same thing for web2 business owners coming to web3 enabling them with a no code drag and drop solution where they have an idea they look at a template they click customize it, deploy it on 800 plus chains, all of that in a matter of five minutes. So oh, wow. if from an idea they can get to reality in five minutes, that's powerful for blockchain. If yeah. an entrepreneur has to spend next one year raising funds, hiring impossible developers and building a whole array of tokenomics that satisfies investors in an attempt to build a product for the blockchain world, 99% of them don't even get there. And that right. is sad. The space is not going to grow. And our goal is not for more tokens to launch there, but for value to move on chain, right. uh, like real world assets and more. It has nothing to do with investors fundraising. And all of that is a problem because there's no way for someone to move their idea to reality in a matter of few minutes. If I were to ask you to start a uh, SaaS traditional business, uh, you could put a simple website. You could plug in a lot of things from existing resources, build something out, hiring developers real quick, real cheap. It is not going to cost you the hundreds and thousands of dollars or even millions of dollars that companies are spending to bring yeah. a simple blockchain dApp to life. So these are the two areas of focus. One, forward on the infrastructure and key difference on the accelerator along with the fund. I love it. I love it. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the, the companies or, or problems that these companies are solving and, and uh, speak a little bit more on how you accelerate them as well. It sounds like, you you know, the go to market pieces that have been inefficient in the web two world, you're taking those off the table. Right. Um, but tell me a little bit about some of some of the companies or solutions that you're excited about. What problems would they solve? And um, and and obviously it's also exciting to see what you're doing. Obviously, there in Dubai. Obviously, there's just a tremendous amount of growth. It's amazing how much in the business world, all eyes are on Dubai right now. And, and there's a reason, obviously, for that. So I'd love to just hear more more about that. Yeah. Sure thing. We have some interesting projects that are tokenizing ships, helicopters, wow. water, various other asset classes out there. Uh, there are different businesses coming from different parts of the world. Uh, they are not necessarily Dubai based. They are across the water companies in Sweden, uh, the helicopter companies based in UK and uh, ships guys are in Dubai. It's quite uh, diversified, but they all have one thing in common. Uh, they have something that's super valuable that will be a great sustainable asset for investment against the world of inflation, against the challenges that uh, users are facing with the 2% bank savings and so on. And this can act as a great alternative asset of investment. And uh, these real world assets also have a lot of insurance to protect themselves from uh, anything that could go wrong. So uh, we have carefully curated a set of RWA uh, that we believe those companies will outperform and we are working with them in our accelerator light right now but beyond that we also have companies from the legal sector and other industries that are moving some of their ip on chain and creating a system
system of uh, monetization and collaboration uh, between a wider community. Because end of the day, if a business is moving uh, on chain, it is important for them not to just plug the uh, database uh, to a blockchain, but it's important for them to take in that essence of what it means to be on chain. If it means bringing people's interests, the community, the crowd, the customers to be part of the process of the business, those insights, that structuring, it's something that I am personally passionate about. And we bring that in our accelerator. But combined with that, with our 16 years of marketing expertise and go-to-market strategies, we help them not only to structure, but to get their business properly live uh, with customers. And again, when I say customers, I'm talking not talking about community of Telegram and Twitter. Uh, it's important to differentiate uh, customers from the Telegram Twitter community. They're two mm-hmm. different things. And that mistake has killed 90% of yeah. businesses and games in the Web3 space. So we right. focus on that uh, right fundamentals and help them build uh, without putting them in the uh, situation where they fall prey for bad actors or bad ideas or things that are like landmines in the crypto space. Because right. the space is almost like you know walking through uh, a minefield where one misstep your project is dead. You could do hundred things right, but all it takes is one mistake to kill your project. And right. uh, we act as that layer of insurance with our expertise and the uh, highly qualified team. We have people from Polygon Ventures, Coin Telegraph, News BTC, uh, all these different backgrounds, and we pool all that knowledge and help them at a strategic uh, level, but also in an operational level, because we have been doing that for hundreds of companies over the years on a day by day basis on execution level. So that operational excellence is different from strategic oversight. Anybody can talk about ideas. Anybody can give you strategies, but very few people understand what the day to day means. What am I doing this one hour or this eight hours in this particular day to accomplish something one month or three months from now? We understand the operational nuances and that's Something that I believe lacks in the space, and that's one of the biggest value adds that we bring in our accelerator, along with the community that we have. I love it. I love it. You know, just to kind of draw a common thread across the themes we're talking about. You know, reality, right? Reality is is changing uh, in the terms of these themes of currency. So, real business, real currency, real value, uh, real assets, right? Is sort of a common theme of, of this episode. It seems like, and you know, obviously, we're not prompting it to be such, but. It is such a phenomenal theme. A lot of our listeners probably are curious on uh, tokenizing assets sounds like magic. Is it is it real? How do you do it? Can anyone do it? Can I tokenize this nice cup in my hand here if I had one? And and can, how do I tokenize the water that would go into this cup? Or maybe I own a reservoir myself. How would I tokenize that? I, I'm kind of curious on what you would say to our listeners uh, if they're intrigued by the concept of tokenizing assets. How does a business... Uh, uh, take some value from adding value to that tokenized asset, right? So I'm kind of curious on what you're seeing. Why is this a phenomenon now and wasn't two years ago, right? I think the biggest challenge that the world of tokenization has faced, because I still remember real estate tokenization companies that I worked with in 2017. It always existed. It's not like it did not. But most of the companies that I worked with, everything was done. Every technology existed. They were able to progress. But finally, they all pulled their plug because they could not get a legal clearance. They were all right. stuck on the legal framework, which is only that's the only thing that I believe changed between then and now. And right, right now, the legal frameworks allows them to function. And mm-hmm. the reason, I mean, anybody can tokenize anything. You can tokenize a bottle in your hand, or you can tokenize uh, literally all the things around you. Uh, but the foundation of tokenization, in my uh, perspective, comes back again to the uh, philosophy of 
uh, the, the business model. What right. is that asset class that is valuable, which provides a recurring income or which is anti-inflatory that everybody in the world want to have, want to have it in their portfolio, but they cannot right now. Maybe right. it requires them to be qualified in a particular way. Maybe it requires them to have $10 million before they can invest in it. Uh, it could be any of these entry barriers or even geographical limitations that are stopping them from being part of an asset class. Uh, if everybody are forced to the 2% or 3% that they get from the bank, that to me is a robbery because the banks are taking that money and giving back to these guys. And these guys are paying a premium to the bank. And when you find that middle ground, when someone can own an asset, uh, a good example I can give you is, for example, the ships. Right. Ships being tokenized, uh, it is like 7 to $25 million to buy a ship. And if someone can uh, buy $10 of the ship and they can make money out of the cargo transport rec- recurring revenue, that's amazing. Uh, of course, the bottle in your hand might not be able to do that. And that's why it's not valuable uh, because one of the key essence of uh, tokenization is that you should be able to have a legal framework to protect the investors. Uh, right. Is there a way right. to wrap this in a legal entity uh, yeah. in a safeguarded way with a proper custodian? in a verifiable way where third-party auditors can attest to something and it can generate revenue which can be audited and distributed to all the users. Though that's the flow of an asset being tokenized. And you might ask, how does that water tokenization that I mentioned work, uh, which is one of the impact-related things I was talking about. It is uh, basically calculated based on the uh, water coming out of water wells. So if that water supply is calculated and attested by one of the large uh, auditors, then uh, user holding it has a right to the water and the monetization of it when the company does that it is distributed to the users so in more than one ways anything that is quantified that can be legally protected that can be legally distributed can also be tokenized at this point in time of course there are more things that can be tokenized in the future as the legal frameworks develop and evolve uh, but i believe this is going to be one of the massive trends because the size of the tokenization world is way higher than the world of cryptocurrencies way higher than the size of all the assets that we have trading in the world of crypto and uh, this is beyond even cbdc's and everything else right right and it sounds like you know as you were explaining a little bit on on kind of what your accelerator does as well it's not just you know reducing the friction on kind of these like legacy heavy processes that take time to kind of do, but it's also, you're probably helping your companies, I'm assuming, tell a better story, engage with their community. Community is really important, having fun, simple experiences and narratives and making it also, you know, pertainable to the real world person though. It's so it's almost like the tech and the legal framework and the right factors are finally here. And it's like reigniting what we know in our DNA has always been important for currency, for ownership as well. It's just like, legacy countries and segmented currencies have sort of gotten in a way and then we've sort of been like you know in a spell for like hundreds of years like thinking like that's the proper way and there's no way to break out well the breakout period obviously is 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 right now and it's it's fascinating to see tell me a little bit about um one one question i ran across yesterday when i was uh just going through like a motivational thing i like business motivational quotes uh you know just really quick ones you know, what What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? I guess taking that in the sense of the future, if, you know, all your efforts that you're doing right now, all the companies you're accelerating, all the, the entrepreneurs you're working with, the things that they're doing could not fail, how would that impact the future? What, what do you want to see happen in the future? How do you see your efforts impacting society, civilization? Uh, I know that's a pretty big little question, but I'd love to hear your viewpoint of the future. I think being in the world of blockchain, by the very essence of it, I believe that you cannot fail. 
uh, the reason the logic there is very simple in the past you used to run something you used to run one thing at a time you figure if it works or not and then you do the right. second thing and the third thing and you don't have a lifetime that's long enough to try all that and that's where the word failure comes from but right. the essence of blockchain and the community is that you're running hundreds and thousands of social economic and political experiments at the same time right now which ideally means you're iterating and improvising and you're not failing and i i think uh, the hypothetical situation that you mentioned about not being able to fail i believe is actually here already provided the way the blockchain space operates so right. considering that i believe uh the future is about disrupting various industries with the power of blockchain and if you take any existing industry in play it doesn't matter which industry it is how protected it is how centralized it is i believe that every industry will be disrupted and then it's going to be a redistribution of value redistribution of wealth and redistribution of uh, accountability across the uh, landscape and this is going to change how companies function how the business models work what it means to be a customer what it means uh, to be adding value to a space it is going to change it's that's a paradigm shift of how people think about everything and this is much deeper than just becoming a better business it's not about moving from uh, booking hotels offline to online to airbnb it's about changing the uh, fundamentals of how an economy works and none yeah. of the even up to the web 2 world of business uh, you only had a business with a revenue that that's all about it you never were the bank which created the money like in crypto you were never the government which were creating a governance like in a dao and a business on top of it with power of technology right. so you're changing things at three levels here which is more than anything that ever existed Yeah. If it takes blockchain a little longer to make it all work, I understand because you're not making one part of it work. You're making a lot more work. You're making the whole. I mean, you're trying to fix what humanity has been struggling for the last thousands of years right. with bad governments and bad financial monetary policies and systems. I don't expect the blockchain space to solve all of that in ten years. And if someone does. I think they're dreaming about it but we are on that path and we are already doing far better than what most of the entities did and I believe we are no way closer to failing and I don't think anybody in this industry of failing they're all contributing to the steps of success and I see a world where the blockchain is not obvious it's all an underlying factor everything is powered by blockchain everything works on chain and that's just the default nature of how the humanity is going to be few decades from now uh, right. just like now everything is on in mobile everything is online in internet and that's how everything is going to be on blockchain as well whether we like it or not and uh, with the power, with the ai up and coming and you mentioned you cover ai stuff data is going to be critical data is going to be everything and what is going to happen with the data data has to be exchanged that's a monetization model and that has to be on blockchain ai cannot be the uh, both the one that is using the data and also the one that's governing the data and blockchain has to be the one that brings a the control there i don't see a world where blockchain is non existent and that's beautiful and uh, i just see a world where everything is simplified in the upcoming 10 years and we are on chain and we don't know that we are on chain we use things as simple as we use it right now and uh, things are much more even than it is right now i love it i love it mr key well said and 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 i really appreciate your vision and definitely it feels like we're marching towards that vision uh and it's great you know and at the end of the day right it's about changing people's lives it's about changing society for the better enabling you know freedom and sovereignty in a way that we know in our hearts should exist and you know obviously there's a lot of really great intentions from a lot of corporations a lot of governments out there 
Um, but, you know, the, obviously the asset category now and the de- redefinition of it allows that cut across, right? So no one's stuck in, in legacy currencies that have different beliefs around them and things like that, right? So, um, Mr. Key, I'd love to have you back on the show, um, you know, as, you know, definitely more of your accelerated projects, you know, and companies come to fruition. It's exciting to hear and definitely I can speak with you all day long. This is really, you know, a, a joyous thing for me to, to just share about all of these concepts and things going on. My very last question for you is if our listeners would like to get a hold of you, maybe even take a look at some of the companies you have through your accelerator, maybe even apply to your accelerator or engage with you, what would be one or two ways to do so if you'd like that to occur? Sure thing. Um, the best way to reach me is, and you can check out my LinkedIn uh, by typing my name Karnika Ishwant on there. And it's my Twitter handle as well. Uh, your keydifference.com is the website of the accelerator, K-E-Y-D-I-E-F-F-E-R-E-N-C, keydifference.com. And uh, you can find all the information there. And for forward protocol for the infrastructure, it's forwardprotocol.io. And uh, you can register and deploy your tap in the next five minutes. Nice, nice. Well, that's great. Yeah, I'm inspired. I'll have to, you know, ping my team too. We'll have, we'll have to do a, a, a deployment there too. And we've been looking at your protocol for a while. I know we didn't get a chance to speak with it, speak about it, but it's really exciting stuff you're doing with your protocol. I'm really excited about that. Um, to our listeners, uh, this is the Pop Pulse show. This is this show is for anyone that has a super strong passion on emerging technologies, Web3 AI, but how it makes an impact in the world and how it can relate to health. And, um, you know, Mr. Keith, thank you so much. This was great. Really appreciate having you on. Sure thing. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks.